Good Thursday morning, Edinburgh and beyond. This is another edition of The Morning After here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio, also streamed live online at edinburghnow.com, 24-7-365, the new home for Edinburgh Campus Media. And you can also listen to us on the TuneIn app. Follow WFSC on that app. That would be strongly, highly suggested. Um, so a little shake-up from the original plans for this week. Um, you know, something that I've been previewing all week. I said yesterday Chewy will be on today um, to talk NFL, some other notes, and um, that Mr. Fenner will be joining us on Friday as usual to talk uh, Borough football breakdown. Um, but, you know, we were just sent our travel schedule yesterday, and just like that, you know, we got to change. That's the life of Mike Fenner and myself. So, um, um, so now Mr. Fenner is joining us today in studio. Um, as he and I will be on the road at this time tomorrow. we boarding buses 8.30, leaving campus at 9 a.m. to head to East Strasburg. Apparently, we have a practice scheduled for mid-afternoon at ESU, and uh, we'll be over there getting ready for the game, which, of course, kicks off Saturday at 1.05, and you can hear right here on 88.9. So, Mr. Fenner's joining us today. Tubby will be holding down the fort solo tomorrow. I don't, I don't know what he has planned. I'm kind of scared for what he has planned. I uh, let, let him know yesterday, and he was, he was all gung-ho. He said, he said he's doing it no matter what. It's, it would take a blizzard to stop Tubby from coming up here to do the show on Friday, he said. Because I said, I gave him the out. I said, you don't have to do it. We can take a day off if you want. He was like, I'm doing it. So he said he's got a whole day to prep. Um, I'm sure one of his preps is uh, listening to us right now. So good work, Tubby. And then he's going to probably just have a bunch of NFL news and notes for you. It might be too much Cleveland Browns overload. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm just, just brace yourself for really anything that could happen tomorrow for Tubby. But nonetheless, it's going to be Fenner and I here for the full hour. We're going to um, start by talking tonight's Thursday nighter in the National Football League and then move into Edinburgh football chronologically, you know, of course, uh, doing tonight's game, then heading to Saturday's game. So we'll t- we'll talk uh, tonight's Thursday nighter and then head into bro football. Mr. Fenner is, uh, just got here under the wire. Uh, setting up as the as first of the month was playing here, and um, you know I was I was I was kind of hoping you would be late, Fenner, because then I can just get on you for being late because you can't use Normal Street as an excuse anymore. Because if you haven't seen yet, folks, if you're just getting up, Normal Street is back to normal now. Open, paved, brand spanking new. Looks like it's a kid still in the still in the the pediatric center or the birthing center of a hospital. Beautiful. It is. I was pretty thrilled about that. By the way, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to waste my data tomorrow morning on uh, Tubby going a full hour trashing my Titans because I have a feeling that's where it's headed. Speaking of that, let's start off with that as well. While we're hitting on the National Football League, if any of you follow us on Twitter, I apologize. Um, This this kind of transpired, I guess, last night while many of you were sleeping, including yours truly, or at least I wasn't on Twitter. Um Tubby and Fenner have engaged in a in a in a wager of sorts for this Sunday's game between the Cleveland Browns and the Tennessee Titans. So, Mr. Fenner, lay the table, lay, lay, lay it on the table for us. What is going to happen in this scenario and what is going to happen in another scenario with this matchup? Well, supposedly, supposedly. I'll, be, I'll be woofing and barking, you know, to represent that dog pound in Brown Nation, which you know what? I have no problem with. That's not a big deal to me. Uh, you know, if, if that's how it goes, one one, that's all right. I can deal with it. I'm not sure Tubby's prepared for what I sent his way uh, on Twitter last night. I don't know if you if you actually caught that. If you if you check, I that did out. not click the video. No. Yeah. Well, it's about a two and a half minute song. It is absolutely ridiculous. And I've actually 
put that out there before through social media and said, if I would have known this as a little as a little kid looking for a football team to pick to follow, I would have never become a Titans fan because it is absolutely an atrocity uh, of terribleness. It's uh, it's from the Love You Blue era, the Houston Oilers, and it's just an awful song. But I'd really love to hear him sing it on Monday because that would make me feel just terrific as a Titans fan. Not only for my team to be two and zero, but for then him to have that sort of embarrassment as well. Yeah. So. Um... I'm intrigued to listen to that uh, at Fenner at Fenner underscore six if you want to see that video <clears throat> um, for to see what will be happening. So that'll happen on Monday because Fenner will come in on the show on Monday to talk Borough football and maybe stay the whole hour talk NFL. Depends, I guess, on how the game goes for you. Sure. Um, but and Tubby will be here on Monday as well in his usual spot, and we'll see what happens. Whether Fenner will be barking or Tubby will be. You know, get his vocal cords ready um, to serenade us all live here on air. So, nonetheless, Monday will be appointment listening. Yes. You're gonna you're gonna want to be here to listen to this. Certainly, because um, you know maybe maybe we'll have a podcast up by then. Who 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 knows? Because um, I don't know what goes on. But nonetheless, um, continuing on now through the Thursday nighter tonight: Denver Broncos, Kansas City Chiefs, eight twenty-five tonight. Arrowhead Stadium. What are your initial thoughts? The over/under is forty-one and a half, so we're expected some points tonight. Uh, with Kansas City, I was extremely impressed uh, when I was watching. I actually watched that game pretty closely in the one o'clock slate this past week with Houston. I mean, the Texans' offense is nothing right now to be too threatened by. I mean, they literally just switched quarterbacks in and out between Brian Hoyer and Ryan Mallett, who will get the start. Which is ridiculous. After a late-game performance there. So you're really talking about a one-receiver look there with DeAndre Hopkins. No Arian Foster in the backfield. So the offense, sure. I mean, you could say Kansas City's defense had a great matchup. But the Kansas City offense, putting up 27 points the way they did it efficiently, Alex Smith was exactly what Alex Smith needed to be uh, when this team envisioned bringing him into Kansas City. Three touchdown passes, no interceptions. The guy was just under 67% with his completions. And they only had two penalties as an entire football team. Meanwhile, they were turning people over on the other side. Uh, I think that they played one of the cleanest football games of any team in Week 1. And if they can do that tonight, there's no reason why they can't beat Denver, a team that looked very sluggish on offense against Baltimore in the very same uh, Sunday afternoon. Yeah, uh, but I mean, Denver. Denver's... Not the same Denver. I no. mean, let's let's be honest here with that. I mean, but Peyton, this might be the end of Peyton Manning as we know it. I mean, I, I don't want to overreact after week one, but, you know, Peyton Manning with the age, with him saying he can't feel his fingertips, hasn't been able to for a while, the age is getting to him, you know, it's another year. It's just, I, I don't know if it's the same Peyton Manning. He doesn't have all the weapons he used to have. I don't, I don't really know about that. In Kansas City, it's a pretty darn good team. Yeah. You can't, you can't doubt anything with Andy Reid. Um, so I don't, I mean, as long as they figure out that they have wide receivers on their team that they can throw the ball to, Kansas City should. At least one. At least one. I mean, Jason, <laughs> I mean, they have Jason Avant, Jeremy Macklin, I mean, half of that was the old Eagles receiving core right there. Yeah. So that's, 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 you know, Andy Reid knows them. So, but I don't know. I mean, what, what do you, what do you think in this game? You think Kansas City continues on in, you know, their ways or do you think Denver's like, wait a minute. We're not done quite yet. We're still Denver. Not so fast, my friend. Not so fast. As Lee Corso once said, or always says. Uh, I have a hard time getting a read on this game. I think the Arrowhead <laughs> crowd is going to play a huge factor. 
remember back to the early portion of last season, Monday Night Football, the New England Patriots, who would go on to win the Super Bowl, they went to Arrowhead and got absolutely throttled, over 40 points for Kansas City in that one. The Chiefs absolutely dominated that game, and that was against the Super Bowl champions. This this Denver team looks like they're down for the count right now. 175 yards out of Peyton Manning on 40 attempts last week. That is not good. That's not winning football. Uh, no touchdown passes and a pick. Just didn't look the same, like like you said and like people have been talking about uh, since that game. I kind of expect the Chiefs to take care of business if they don't turn the ball over. I think that's literally their biggest key because that's what what was so successful for them against Houston, and that's what's been successful for them since Andy Reid has taken over that team. Yeah, I mean, this is a different Kansas City Chiefs team since Andy Reid. Andy Reid's a solid coach, don't get me wrong. I just didn't want him in Philly anymore. Sometimes you need, you know, you need a new voice. You need some fresh uh, some fresh messages going into the team. And uh, obviously Chip Kelly, you know, he's doing okay, yeah. I guess you could say, in Philadelphia. I mean, I guess if I had to make a prediction for this one, I, I would probably go Kansas City. And I'm leaning more towards them just because it's in Arrowhead. I don't think Denver will get it right on the road. If anything, they can play better. Um, at home, so I think can't, I think Denver will, will you know um, you know kind of struggle today. I mean they 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 escaped with a win last week, but I, I don't think they're going to be able to this week. And I think Kansas City is going to keep on going. And Kansas City might be the favorite in their division this year if everyone stays healthy and they play their type of football all year long, and they don't you know struggle throwing the ball to receivers and you know Andy Reid gets stupid and. You know, and there's also, you know, this little historic note for tonight, Mr. Fenner. Lay it on me. If the Chiefs win tonight, Andy Reid passes Hall of Famer Steve Owen for the 18th most wins by a head coach in NFL history. Currently, they both have 151 wins. That's Very a 152nd win for Andy Reid tonight. That would be That big. I'm predicting. Yeah. It's a little interesting. So there's some good research notes right there for you. Yeah. Great, I would say. Thank fact. you. Next level stuff. So, what, who are you picking today as a winner? I'm going KC, uh, and, and a couple more. That's why you're wearing the, the jersey. That's right. Okay. Now, I'm, I am a huge Eric Berry uh, supporter. <clears throat> I know. Great to see him back on the field after last year, and uh, that was just absolutely tragic at the time uh, with the non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. But back on the field now. I think uh, the matchup to look out for here also is the Denver running game. I was really not impressed with what they did against Baltimore, and I don't think they know who they are yet. Uh, with the backfield. They've got some guys rotating between C.J. Anderson and Ronnie Hillman. Hillman's the backup, but I think he might be the more effective guy. It kind of reminds me of Indianapolis when they tried to force Trent Richardson to run the football. Meanwhile, Donald Brown's the one making the plays on third down, and he's the one you know making first downs and not getting enough touches. Uh, I think there's so much star power up front for Kansas City in the front seven. You've got Tom Bahali, Dontari Poe, and Justin Houston, who uh, got his big payday in this offseason. Houston is one of the best outside linebackers in the league, bar none, and I think that could be huge in terms of what Denver's even able to do offensively. Uh, maybe they can throw, but if they can't run the ball, see ya. I mean, you're looking at 0-2. That's staring you down the barrel if you can't run the football, quite simply. Right, that's a little, that's a little scary there. So uh, both going Kansas City tonight again. That's an 825 kick on the CBS channels your local CBS affiliate, and the NFL Network. So check that one out. Um, as the NFL Week 2 gets underway, before we even know it, Mr. Fenner, can't believe it. Yeah. It's already here. And next thing you know, it's going to be Tennessee-Cleveland at 1 o'clock on Sunday. And that's all eyes will be on that game here with the morning after to find yeah. out who's going to be doing what. 
Monday morning. All I know is I'm going to be sitting back and enjoying it because I got nothing to do with this one, and I'm very excited about that. Yeah, no horse in the race, and you couldn't be more thrilled about it, right? I'm just sitting back, <laughs> waking up, listening to someone sing or bark or both. What if you guys tie? What do you mean tie? Oh, you really think you really think that's gonna happen? I'm not. It, it could. I'm unlike Donovan McNabb. I know the rules of the National Football yeah, League, really. so I know you can tie. I just I think that's. High. I think if you both tie, I'm going to make you bark while he sings at the same time, and then it's just gonna be mass chaos for like three minutes on the air, because we might get fired. So I think that'll just be the best thing then. I'll put it this way: if I watch a three and a half hour to four hour football game with a tie with my football team, which I've never done, I don't think I'm showing up to anything on Monday. Because I'll, right. I'll have wasted four hours. I need so to back. Fenner would chicken out <laughs> if that. So that's what you just heard here first. Fenner will chicken out. Yep. Interesting enough. All right. Well, he's not going to chicken out on Saturday because we're leaving tomorrow no matter what. Yep. And we got Burrow East Stroudsburg football Saturday afternoon from the campus of East Stroudsburg University. Fenner and I will have a call here in 88.9 Fighting Scats Radio. We're going to hit our first break of this Thursday morning, and we'll be back to just dissect it all from East Stroudsburg to Edinburgh and everything in between. Don't go anywhere. This is The Morning After here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. We never back down here on The Morning After here at 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. It's 9.16 on this fabulous Thursday morning. I can't believe, Mr. Fenner, it's September 17th, and I'm still wearing shorts in Edinburgh. That's surprising, especially with the first week of the semester where I didn't see the sun for two days. So I was really disgruntled for that because, you know me, coming from the east, it's much, much warmer. Yeah. And uh, this this is terrible. And everyone, like yesterday, everyone's like, it's so hot. Like, I'm walking through the hallways, and I hear people saying, it's so hot. And I just want to stop in my tracks and just slap you as hard as I can. Because this is not hot. 78 degrees and sunny is not hot. Now, to you, it is. Because 45 degrees is, like, hot as long as you're very active because you're just, like, dripping in sweat. You're going to be dripping in sweat after this. Maybe. And it's really, it's kind of cool in here for once. Normally, it's very hot in the studio. Yeah. And... I just don't get why everyone thinks it's so hot out here when it's like 78 degrees and sunny. Is it, was it that bad of a climate here? Like if you were for here for a long, ta- long time, that 78 is now like scorching? No, I mean, when you get to like November, it would be. But no, I, I can't see how it would be too bad, too unbearable. I'm always warm, though, as you alluded to. And we, we, uh, we both get that. You figured that out pretty quickly when you first met me last year. Yeah, there definitely. There was no doubt. Yeah, no, I know what you your overactive sweat glands are like. It's quite interesting, actually. Nonetheless, um, you'll be sweating quite a lot on Saturday because I expect it to be warm. And, I mean, Do you have a temperature on that for Saturday? I haven't, I haven't looked at the weather out there. Probably warm because it's supposed to be warm here. Yeah. So it's supposed to be warm there. Let's check this bad boy out on the weather. Theweather.com. When we're at Eiler Martin Stadium in East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. As uh, you talked about earlier this week, that'll be my first trip to ESU. I've not done basketball or football there. We we're going to football last year at home and then this year, of course. We're, we're going to have basketball there this year, though. December 4th. Yep. We'll be there yep. at ESU. So a little uh, two for one for this year, I should say. Certainly, certainly. But let me see. Uh, five day. Moving on. Right now it's 62 in East Stroudsburg. Nice, nice morning. I think Only it's about nine, the same here. 9.30 in the morning, too. That's not bad. Right. That's what happens when you're on the East Coast. It's warm. <laughs> All right. Saturday, 82 and sunny. No chance of rain. Wow. Beautiful. Tomorrow is going to be 84 and sunny. I don't think I have any more shorts. I only brought, like, two pairs of shorts because it's Edinburgh. <laughs> so, I don't know. I might, be, I might be duplicating the shorts I'm wearing today. We'll find out. No, no, one, no one will know. Only you will know. Yeah. So, as long as you don't say anything. Uh, nonetheless... 
back to football. A lot of digression here in the last five minutes or so. Right. We've gone, we're going <laughs> off on weird things here. Um, Edinburgh hitting the road for the first time of 2015. Uh, 0-2, looking to, to get their first win. Couldn't find it at Sox Harrison Stadium in the first two weeks of the season. So, you know, hit the road. Maybe you can find it somewhere else. You might have to go five hours to get it, but they're going to try. Um, and East Stroudsburg is going to be the host this Saturday um, at, as you mentioned, what is Eiler Martin Stadium mm-hmm. um, in East Stroudsburg. And they're also winless, these ESU Warriors 0-2. They're much more surprising that ESU is 0-2 at this point than Edinburgh. But, I mean, we would expect Edinburgh would have at least gone 1-1 in these first two games. Uh, So both teams did not expect to be winless, you could say. Initial thoughts on this game, Mr. Fenner. You got a very, very talented East Stroudsburg team just coming off a tough loss to the Slippery Rock this past week in the Division II Showcase Game of the Week. And uh, Edinburgh coming off... You know, and a tough loss in themselves against Shippensburg, where they were up 13 to three at the half and lost 20 to 13. 17 unanswered points by Ship in the second half. It's uh, what do you make of this? Coach Browning described it as a golden opportunity missed, and I couldn't agree more. Uh, the defense really put the clamps down against Ship on Saturday. Played tremendous despite not having its its leader, its emotional leader, and its leader by example on the field and senior linebacker Mike Shansky who, of course, we know is now out for the rest of the season. Also didn't have Gabe Tillman at linebacker, uh, one of the tremendous transfers in that front seven. That was an extremely young defense. Five freshmen were in the starting lineup. A ton of change at the linebacker spot. In fact, there was not a single linebacker that started from game one that started in game two against the Red Raiders. But that defense still broke the streak, as we talked about. 21 straight games, or 22 straight games of 21 points or more. Uh, and Edinburgh didn't allow that to happen. They broke that streak, getting him to just 20 points. I was really impressed with the defense, but now it's about putting up points, and that's going to be really important, especially in the second half against a team that can throw it around the yard in East Stroudsburg, a team that don't sleep on them. You see 0-2 next to their name, and that's not really indicative of what they can do, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Right, yeah, no, that's it's very interesting, um, that defense that they threw out there last week, which did – Unbelievable, you know, especially after what we were told pregame, you know, with you mentioned mi- the missing the different guys, and um, they're going to have their hands full this week again, you know. And we thought that last week, and they st- and they rose to the occasion, you know. Yeah. And you know they're going to have to do it again this week. Matt Soltes is is uh, not too shabby at the quarterback position. Um, I mean, just last year's uh, forty-seven to thirty-four win and that shootout that it was here at Sox Harrison Stadium, he totaled five hundred and thirty-two yards and had six touchdowns in that contest. Two of three uh, of his top targets from that game return with Schnars, who had seven catches, 107 yards, touchdown, and Healy, who had eight catches, 98 yards, and a touchdown. And uh, and then Dusty Reed, uh, he did all right. They'll be glad to see him gone. Four touchdown catches right. in that game. 170 yards. Holy just cow. on nine catches, too. Efficient. Yeah. Nine catches, four of them resulting in points. Yep. So, uh, you know, not too bad. But, you know, Darren Massey, he had a, you know, a decent day last year as well. Don't forget about that. Ten catches, 103 yards, three touchdowns. So Massey knows what he can do against ESU. Um, But one thing, you know, we talk about, Mr. Fenner, and I say a lot, is how Edinburgh is struggling in the red zone to finish those drives. Luckily, they have a a kicker this year in Austin Reese who can at least get those drives into points. But if you're close on the goal line, you're going to go for it on fourth down, which I think Coach Browning is inclined to do most of the time. They're struggling to run that ball in. You know, and they're one there within the five-yard line, and uh, they're going to have even a tougher test this week because ESU leads the conference in red zone defense. 
They're holding opponents 7 for 13 times down there. They're only scoring at a 7 of those 13 times. They have five touchdowns allied in, allowed inside the 20-yard line. So, I mean, East Stroudsburg, when it comes there, they have that bend but don't break mentality on the defensive side when it gets to the red zone. I'm glad you brought up the red zone because when I was doing some homework on this, that was one of the things that jumped off the page to me. Uh, was red zone offense, red zone defense uh, on the Edinburgh side. And then, like you mentioned, with ESU being so stout when you, when opponents get inside that 20-yard line. For the Edinburgh offense, uh, they've been good in the red zone, 4 of 5 in terms of scoring points, 80%. Here's the problem, though. One touchdown and then a turnover on downs and a fourth and goal at the one. Yeah. Uh, so we talked about it with Trevor Harris on the broadcast. You bring it up all the time. Punch it in. you got to get six. You can't come away with three. You can't come away with zero. It's very important that Edinburgh does finish in that red zone, and I think they need to make those those touchdowns instead of field goals. Right. I mean, what's the point of doing all that work, getting all the way down the field, and then be like, we'll just take three? Yeah. I mean, like, that's just that's not worth it. I just see a quick note here, Fenner, completely kind of, not completely off, off the mark here, but uh, c- scrolling through some notes. Um, Edinburgh has 97 wins, it says. Is since 2000 as a program, so that means they almost have 100 wins since 20 since in the last 15 years. So they're actually one of the most winningest schools in the PSAC since 2000. Yeah, very good in the early 2000s and the mid 2000s. I think Trevor Harris uh, helped that helped a little bit with and some with with quite a few passing yards and touchdowns. That that is true. That is true. I just I, that was just a little interesting to me um, right there. So, but nonetheless, um, Matt Soltes, you know, redshirt senior quarterback. He started 28 of ESU's 34 games since 2012. In that span, he ranked second in Division II in yards per play, seventh in Division II in passing yards per game, and eighth in Division II in total offense per game. He's played a few games. But that's what you got to <laughs> deal with. You got to deal with a guy that since 2012 is in the top 10 in three huge statistical categories offensively. That's who Edinburgh has to face this week. And they don't have the type of team that's going to you know, be able to walk all over them like Slippery Rock did. And don't forget, SRU also had the benefit of playing in some disgusting conditions on that Saturday night contest. Yeah, I, f- I fully believe that that had a huge part in what East Stroudsburg was not able to do offensively, just nine points in the rain like that. A team that put up 40 in their season opener against LIU Post and a team that's capable of putting up points. We saw 47 of them here last year. Uh, they do it against a lot of folks. But you're right, that rain, those weather conditions were certainly hindering their performance. And Slippery Rock, how about that uh, performance on the ground? Kind of like what they did a year ago against ESU in the crossover matchup. Slippery Rock ran for a school record in rushing nearly 500 yards last year. Couldn't quite make the mark this year, but still a little bit. Uh, over 400 yards rushing still uh, against ESU. So I think I don't think that's very indicative of what the Warriors are going to bring to the table. I agree. It's uh, not no rain in the in the forecast for this one, as we just said. 82, not good. 82, sunny, no chance of precipitation according to weather.com. Uh, so now Edinburgh, you know, has to go east one last time. And uh, the Fighting Scots, you know, don't do well on the road. For certain, they have lost seven of their last eight and nine of their last 11 road games. Mm-hmm. And they've only won once in their last six trips to Eiler Martin Stadium, last time coming in 2009. So this isn't the, you know, best place for fighting Scots. But uh, it might have to be Saturday because falling to 0-3 Fenner is not going to be good. And that's the reality for both of these teams. They're staring that right in the eye. I mean, somebody's going to be 0-3 leaving this football game. Uh, if it's East Stroudsburg, 
being 0-3. I don't think that's anything people could have imagined considering they were picked uh, tied for third in that Eastern Division. And for Edinburgh, that's not a good feeling coming home against Cal and you're 0-3. So they really want to get that road win. Uh, I mean, we talked about the weather conditions playing a huge factor last week, but would you have looked me in the face coming into this matchup and said I don't that, like doing that in general. <laughs> and said that Matt Soltes would have one touchdown pass on the year, less than Jake Sisson, less than whoever's trotting out for Edinburgh? Could you have imagined that? No. I thought he would have one in the first half of the first game. Yeah. Hard to believe. One. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a good that's a good stat. I mean, maybe he's struggling to start, but I mean it's not like Jake Sisson's you know lighting things up to start either. So I mean, obviously different different type of quarterbacks. Different parts of their career you would expect more out of Soltes now at this point than Sisson. Yeah. Nonetheless, um, you know, that is interesting statistically that he's he's struggling to start the day or start the season, excuse me, and, you know, maybe he might start, maybe sh- might struggle to start the day on Saturday too. Um, I mean, what it, I just don't know what this team's going to have to do because I, I, I'm afraid that East Stroudsburg is just going to be motivated from getting embarrassed last week on the national stage. They're gonna be, they're gonna be motivated to get that first win. It's a hor- historic day for head coach Denny Dowds and company there at ESU, which we haven't even really touched on yet. Let me find those numbers. Yeah, he's right up there at the top. Let me, let me, pretty much let me every every find uh, this here. Fine, fine, folks. Uh, it says Dowds has coached in the most games, 431 among active NCAA football coaches, and ranks ninth in NCAA history. He holds the PSAC record, ranks third in D2, 20th in NCAA, and third among active NCAA coaches in career wins. He's in his 42nd season as head coach of ESU and 50th overall. This is going to be his 50th, or excuse me, his 500th game um, at ESU as uh, head coach and his 800th game overall. That's a lot of football. I mean, we, you know, got to see. Ken Sparks last year at Carson Newman, and he's right up there too. You know that win past Bear Bryant, I think, in the all-time lists yep. when he they beat Edinburgh. When I remember talking to the to the he don't remember me, but I talked to him when we were walking up the the long trip up to the press box after the game. Yep, they make that man walk all the way to the top to do a post-game radio thing. No, the elevator's broken. Elevator wasn't working. Elevator was wasn't it. working. Nope. So they make old Kenny Sparks, one of the most legendary college football coaches, hoof it. The biggest grandstand I've seen in, in college football <laughs> to go do a post-game radio press conference. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I, I, I could agree with you on that. Nonetheless, no, I don't think Denny Dowd's going to be doing that. No. Historical coaching, <clears throat> though. That's, that's incredible. I mean, that's Denny Dowd's is East Stroudsburg football. I love to see coaches like that that are invested in one program, and they are not looking to leave. That's the one thing about college football I can't stand is – people moving around i know it's part of the business but i right. love to see a head coach that stays in one spot wants to build something special and maintain it and sustain it i really love to see that and that's great for him yeah shippensburg grad went to esu and just made it his home and yep. he has not uh left so that's quite quite interesting um for him so this is going to be a historic day nonetheless and hopefully you know esu is trying to trying to get a uh trying to get a win to, you know, that would be the perfect way to end it. I mean, who wants to lose, you know, on a historic day like that? But Edinburgh was going to try to rain on that historic parade. Hopefully literally. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, Fenner, I need it. don't do your rain dance. It's not going to happen. I know. It doesn't rain out there like it does here just in the snap of fingers. I'll tell I you that. I can imagine. I'll tell you that. 
So we're going to hit our second break here, come back, get more in-depth with this one now that we kind of set the stage. Now we're going to dance on it a little bit and find out what Edinburgh is going to bring to the table, what ESU is going to bring to the table, and uh, who's going to be suplexing who into that table Saturday afternoon at Isler Martin Stadium. We'll be right back after this. 9.33 here on the morning after Tyler Trumbauer alongside Mike Fenner, the broadcast duo for Borough Football here on 88.9, Fighting Scots Radio. Of course, your home for Edinburgh Football. All 11 games on the docket this season. Uh, and you can hear us right here on the dial, 88.9. Also streaming online at edinburghnow.com or also on the TuneIn app. And don't forget, all Edinburgh Football broadcasts are also picked up on the Keystone Sports Network. That's aired on ESPN 92.7 FM in Erie and WWCB 1370 AM in Corey online at www.keystonesports.net and online at www.espnerie.com. I guess you really don't need the www. anymore. It's also on the Sports Fever Television Network, Mr. Fenner. The first time Edinburgh's on that. But forget that. Forget you only that. want us. Well, you're not gonna really going to listen. You're, there's really, unless you have like, a cable provider that you have access to ESPN3 out here, you're not going to be able to watch it Yeah, on the, on the sports So theater. tune in and listen So you've got to tune in. I'm mentioning it, yeah. but it's not really a viable option for people out here. Truth. So, anywho, <laughs> it's actually being broadcast live on, on, a, on a station that I used to have growing up What's back that? in the day. Blue Ridge Channel 13. Yeah. Yeah, that was my Blue Ridge was my first cable provider I had. Channel 13, that's the local station there. Like, you know how each, like, cable, well, you don't know because they don't do it here. But back east, each cable provider has their own channel. Okay. So, like, you get, like, Blue Ridge Cable, there's a Blue Ridge Channel. You get Service Electric, there's a Service Electric Channel. You get RCN, RCN has their own channel. That's where they broadcast local, like, coverage. Like, on Service Electric, you get Iron Pigs games, Reading Phillies games, and all the high school basketball, football, all that stuff. Same thing with RCN, you would get their high school basketball coverage, football coverage. Blue Ridge, the same thing there. You get college coverage sometimes. Um, you get Scranton Wilkes-Barre Yankees coverage. Better not here. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> um, continuing on as we get into this game, finally, as we mentioned, last year was quite a shootout. Do you expect the same thing, Fenner, 47-34, or something along those lines for this game? Until I see it, I, I don't. I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, I mean, I can't give you an exact score, really. Right. Um, I'm not asking for that. No, I'm I asking understand. for the type of game. Yeah, but in terms of the type of game, I think... For some reason, in the first two weeks, we've seen both of these opponents of Edinburgh start extremely slow. And I don't know how much that has to do with not being able to find their own rhythm or how much there's been disruptiveness uh, from the Fighting Scots. But I kind of expect another slow start uh, in this game overall with not a ton of flow. And it just seems like the second half is where things start to come together on the other side between St. Joe's and Ship. Um, I could see this being a close football game at half. We saw it last year. I mean, Edinburgh... Scored a ton of points in that second quarter. In the last two weeks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the second quarter, for some reason, is where Edinburgh has really played well. 20 points uh, so far this season in the second quarter. And, and last year they had 20 points alone in that second quarter against ESU. I feel like in the half, the, the first half, pardon me, it, it should be fairly close. Um, but I just don't think Edinburgh is going to be able to put up the points they need to. We'll see if East Stroudsburg can pull away. Uh, but I'm not sure what to expect so far. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, it's family weekend, though, at ESU for this one. So you can expect to see a lot of folks. A lot of folks will be at this one. And ESU is 23-18 and in family weekend games under Dowds and has won two of their last three. But 
I do have to preface, or I mean, I do have to note with that that their last two family weekend uh, opponents, Lockhaven and Cheney. That'll uh, that'll skew the stat a little bit, right? Those were forty-eight <laughs> to twenty-one and fifty-nine to twenty-seven. They could have played in front of you and I alone, and I think that would have happened, right? <laughs> so you don't really need the fans to help you out in that one. Anyway, ASU holds a twelve to six advantage in this all-time series, which dates back to nineteen sixty-seven. They met twelve times since two thousand. That's a lot for an East team in the last fifteen years. They met twelve times. Yeah, and they were because they played every season from two thousand to two thousand six, plus twice in two thousand four. Once in a regular season, once in the first round of the NCAA playoffs, which was ESU's first ever postseason victory. Yeah, that's so, kind of interesting. Uh, so this is they know a lot about each other. That's why Coach Browning has a lot of respect and love for De- for Denny Dowds because played a lot of, or played a lot against him mm-hmm. there. So what do you make of this? I mean, this you mentioned Soltes struggling this year so far. Um, you know, he's 39 for 88 this year, 583 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions so far. But we know what he's capable of. He's got Robert Healy at, t- at, at tailback who's doing, you know, and, and, and you know Cage, yeah, I guess, 24 uh, carries, 173 yards, averages 7.2 yards a touch, one touchdown, bursted one for 73 yards. Or 75 yards, excuse me. And then he's also got John Snars, a redshirt senior. So he's got experience, and he's, you know, one of the best receivers in East Stroudsburg history. Currently ninth in catches, 11th in yards, and tied for fifth in touchdown receptions. Got 24 of those. And he's, got, and he's gotten at least 100-plus yards from scrimmage in 19 of his last 24 games. So he's a consistent producer. Mm-hmm. So you got those three guys to worry about offensively for East Stroudsburg. Do you think the Burrow defense, that might be too much to handle for them? The one thing that jumps off the page to me is Robert Healy coming out of the backfield. This guy is extremely versatile, and that's something that I don't think we've seen so far between the first two opponents. We saw a bruiser in Braxton Shelton. We didn't see a potent rushing attack with Shippensburg. Now you're going to see a guy that can run the football and catch the football out of the backfield. Robert Healy, as a redshirt junior, leads active PSAC players in career yards from scrimmage per game at just over 126 yards, and he's eighth among active Division II players as well. So it's about scrimmage yards. It's about getting the ball in his hands any way possible. You know, we're talking the run game, screen game, uh, trying to get him out in space any way possible on the perimeter, and the guy can really just flat out be a world beater. So I think that that's going to be an element Edinburgh really hasn't seen a ton of in the first two matchups is a running back that can catch the ball out of the backfield and really pose another big threat. Right, yeah. I mean, that's that's a, that's something we've seen more running from the quarterbacks than we have running backs in the first two contests with um, uh, Bertrand, I believe, and Zapatiki last week against Shippensburg. So uh, now that you got you actually got a true tailback that can do something, and reversely, let's look at Edinburgh's tailbacks. Jamal Evelard really didn't do much last week, despite, you know, what we haven't heard anything, but he was at all those practices leading up to Shippensburg. And uh, still Corey Bell not doing much. Coach, you know, said to us on the Scott Sports Show, which we'll drop later today, um, and we'll hear for that same uh, audio on the broadcast t- on Saturday. Um, he's um, not really happy with the running game. He said it was improved in week two than from week one, but it's nowhere ne- where it needs to be. Yeah, uh, and I think with Evelard, it's frustrating. You only see six carries in the first game, four carries in the second game, averaging five touches on the ground. That's it. With uh, with Bell averaging just two and a half yards per carry, which that's not going to get it done flat out. We talked about it going into the ship game. Are we going to see different faces? Are we going to see multiple guys in the backfield? Um, 
Hasn't been the case so far. Just two runners, and it's it's not gone the way they'd like. They're only averaging a little bit, a little touch under 80 yards per game, which I guess so far is an improvement from last year, which was uh, like 63 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, under 64. So. Uh, I don't know what they need to do in terms of personnel, but something the result has to be different because if you can't do that, uh, then you're not going to have time to throw the ball because you're going to see seven-man, eight-man rushes in the face of Sisson or maybe Gervin or whoever's back there throwing it, which is very problematic. Right, yeah. Um, I mean, we, we asked Coach about Sisson as well that you brought him up, and uh, he said he should be good to go. Um, he's got a little bruise, a little precautionary to have him, you know, a little – you know, to hold him back there on that last drive on last Saturday, but he should be good to go this Saturday. And but let's see how long he lasts because I mean, maybe they might give John Gervin more reps this week now that they he's got a full week to prepare. That he is the quarterback. They know he's second string. Um, they can have him more prepared this Saturday. And do you think we do see John Gervin if Jake Sisson struggles? If this is not a close game by halftime, by the third quarter, do you think they put John Gervin in and say, let's see what he can do at least because right now Jake's not getting it done. You know, normally I would say yes due to the performance of Sisson, and it's been in- inconsistent to say the least. But I think there's still a lack of preparation. We we heard about what John Gervin was saying. You know, didn't get a ton of reps last week in practice, and even if he's got a ton this week, I still don't think he's ready yet, as we saw on Saturday in the late stages against Shippensburg. I think he needs another week of more reps, more consistent practice time to get timing down with his receivers and to get the calls right. I think. You stick with Sisson this week unless he gets hurt. Uh, even if he's struggling, I think you still let him go out there. I think a week away is Gervin from really being able to to fully have this offense under his belt and to, to be able to go out there and be more confident. I, that's just my personal opinion. I don't know what you think. No, I mean I would go with Sisson. I say this is Sisson's team. You know, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna win with Sisson. You're gonna lose with Sisson. You know, you're gonna you're gonna sink and swim with him. He's the guy under center for this team. I mean, going into the future, he's going to be the guy. He's a true sophomore. Mm-hmm. You got years with this guy. You know, I and you got you know you're you're hoping to redshirt this one freshman at quarterback that hopefully can be you know can be a good viable backup or you know at least can then has some time to shine on his own later on. So you're gonna build something at the quarterback position now that the Harris era is over and you can't just rely on one family tree to produce uh, your quarterback positions. Uh, you're gonna have to deal with Sisson and I mean you're more than. I don't. I think it's going to do more harm than good to pull him out in a game. I really do. I just don't think it's going to be good for anybody if they just yank him because he's gonna. It's gonna hurt his. It's gonna hurt his confidence. It's gonna hurt the team because I feel it's just like the the Houston Texans situation. Like mm-hmm. you went, you deliberated as a head coach, Bill O'Brien and staff, and you went with Brian Hoyer. Then you yank him in that first week, and then name Ryan Mallett the starter the second week. Now I know I you know you saw it on Hard Knocks that he was. Saying, you know, right now we're going with Brian, but, you know, Ryan, you need to be ready. You could be, you know, up here very quickly. And I'm thinking maybe fourth, fifth, sixth week that could happen. Not the third quarter of week one. Yep. And, of course, what does he do? He lights it up. He's finding Hopkins all over the field. and Right. I mean, he did a good job. But, I mean, as a coach, like, you know, what does that do to the team? That means, like, you're going to second-guess the decisions you're making. You're going to second-guess Brian Hoyer if he ever comes back. You know, then you're going to question. Then, then you're going to create that divide between the people that wanted Brian Hoyer and thought he didn't get enough time to show himself. And then you're finally going to get the people happy for that wanted Ryan Mallett to begin with. It's just going to create this whole quarterback controversy that is not going to do anything good. And I mean, I mean, something needs to be figured out. You need better quarterback play from as Edinburgh, but you need the running game. The, that's your number one problem. Don't go. You know, if you got one problem, don't 
go fixing something else to help. That's not going to fix the problem. You know, you got to go to the source of the problem. Mm -hmm. Even if John Gervin lights it up, has a perfect, you know, QBR, you're still not, if you're still only running the ball for 60 yards a game, you're still not going to be able to win many football games with that. True. Yeah, I would agree. Here's an interesting note, too. And I get that Sisson's only started three games so far and two this year. Uh, and Cody Harris, of course, being an, an incredibly efficient and accurate and careful decision maker. Yeah. But only three interceptions all last season for Cody in ten games and already five picks for Sisson. Four in, in the first in, week. Uh, in two, yeah. Right. So improvement, though. But as you mentioned, yeah, Cody, you know, he might not have done the greatest things sometimes, but he wasn't making mistakes. And there were a lot of times where Jake Sisson's interceptions were mistakes on him, and they came at the worst possible times, especially in that week one contest. And that's the biggest difference between an experienced guy who's been around, he's seen it all, done it all, versus a guy that's still trying to get his feet wet. So I don't want to, you know, bash the guy or anything, but so that, that's really the biggest difference is experience. Yeah. And uh, he's getting it on the fly right now, and he's going to get more experience on Saturday. We're going to hit our final break here on the morning after. We'll come back, give some final news, notes, nuggets, if you will, going into this Saturday's game. And then we'll uh, send it on out of here for Tubby on Friday. And Fenner and I are going to hit the road because we're heading east, big boy. We'll be back after this. Well, that was intense. Yeah, very dramatic. Five minutes long. I might have that as, like, my intro song (laughs) or something. Like when I day. when I show up, maybe maybe if I MC the next uh, student athlete auction when I walk up on stage, that might be my intro. Take notice, folks. Yes, that might happen. Recognize. Well, I mean, they they would have to invite me back, of course, because I don't know how I did last year. But oh, you uh, did terrific. Don't I, even don't even question it. Thank you, Mr. Fenner. <laughs> uh, nonetheless, Burrow football this Saturday, as I mentioned before, um, obviously on the road for the first time. So you're this is the first time you really can't see Burrow football in 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 person. I mean, you can you can make the trip. I mean, it's it's about four and a half, five hours. So, I mean, if you're, I'm sure we'll have some Burrow faithful there, you know, rooting on the Fighting Scots in person. But if you can't, we got you covered. 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio, EdinburghNow.com, the TuneIn app. Uh, Mike Fenner and I will have the call for you. And if you're in Erie, maybe you're a commuter, you can tune, up, tune in to 92.7, the game in Erie. It's a little stronger of a signal, right, coming out of Erie, so, you know, yep. Edinburgh to Erie. So, you know, it's still us. You're still supporting WFSE. It's okay if you go to another station, you know. Um, make sure we're still number one on your dial, like on your presets. But, I mean, I, th- I think the game can be number two. Yeah. We'll, we'll allow that to be second on your <laughs> dial. So, uh, anyway, Ms. Mr. Fenner, as we have a few more minutes left on the show, give me some final thoughts you have for this Saturday's game. Obviously, we'll have a lot more time to look at things tomorrow on the bus, tomorrow night, because I know that's what you're going to be doing is just studying this up. So, but like a as, mad man. I, like a madman that you are. What are you going to do in these <laughs> final few uh, what do you think of this game in these final few minutes of today? Darren Massey. Massey. Huge for this football game and every football game, let's be honest. Uh, the guy's already got 131 career catches. And think about this. He's got 25 grabs in the first two games. That's only one less than he did his freshman year with, uh, with only seven games of action. 26 grabs in that season when he was the West freshman of the year in the PSAC. And he's already... 30 catches away from having the most career receptions in school history. 30. 30. And he's got 25 in two games. You do the math. He's going to have it by the end of the season uh, if he continues to play this way and perform the way he does. Had three touchdowns against East Stroudsburg last year, and we saw a replication and even a better performance, uh, arguably, against Shippensburg in the second go-around for Massey. Uh, I would expect much of the same. I'm not going to say it results in a win necessarily, but it certainly helps you get closer to that uh, with the production that he can bring. So you think Massey's just going to be like Sports Center esque? 
Yeah. I think he's going to play. He's I just play said that. Well. I just said that so I can play the Sports Center drop. You going I had for to, it? I had to, I just did. Yeah. I had to I had to uh had to get my sound effects in. I like these new things I got yes. going here. I'm excited. It's like little toys I get to play with. Yep. Uh, for my thoughts, um, you know, obviously Massey's going to be huge as well. I, I mean, what? He's almost had career days every single, the first two weeks. He's had nice nice outings. And we just mentioned earlier in today's show what he did last time against East Strasburg here at Sox Harrison Stadium. Uh, so I, I, I think it's going to come down to Jake Sisson um, today, or I mean on Saturday. It's going to, I mean, it's going to be tough to overcome. A, a running game. If the running game shows up more, it's going to make it easier on Jake Sisson. But if there's no running game, it's going to be harder on Jake Sisson. But it's going to go around Jake Sisson. I don't want to put it all on his shoulders. But if he tosses three picks again, it's going to be very, very difficult to win on Saturday. If he plays a cleaner game, if he plays smart with his passes, if he, you know, if he does Jake Sisson things with eluding, maybe on his with his feet, uh, with his arm, they he can put himself. They can put he can put Edinburgh right there to win. But unfortunately, maybe not having a running game or a running game might not be able to put them over the top for the win. But I feel if we get a solid outing from Jake Sisson, a couple touchdowns, a clean game without any interceptions or one interception, they might be right there at the end to win. But the running game might just put them a little short and not be able to, you know, get to that next level and win that contest. But they'll get close, I think, if Jake Sisson plays a solid contest. One thing that stuck out to me, too, in last year's matchup is I know it's different personnel. Uh, Take a couple linemen out that are different, and you have a different tailback in Anthony Williams. But he had a really big coming-out party against GSU on the ground, had over 100 yards rushing, and you saw the first time really that uh, that Edinburgh was able to run the football. I get that it's a different different back back there behind the line. Uh, but, but maybe they, I could say something about their defense. Exactly. I mean, they've got playmakers on the other side. Chase May with a couple of interceptions uh, this year already to start. Teron Dobbs. I mean, there's plenty of guys. Mark Godot in that 3-3-5 for ESU. They've got playmakers, but I also think that they surrender a ton of yardage. And it really could be a scenario where they're susceptible to giving up unnecessary runs and maybe yards after contact, yards after catch in both areas. So maybe that does open up an opportunity for Edinburgh to move the ball a little bit more and use their weapon in Austin Reese when they, you know, maybe they do stall right around the red area. Certainly. There is a new coach on the defensive staff, though, for East Strasburg, Jimmy Terwilliger, the 2005 Harlan Hill Trophy winner as a junior. He is now the defensive backs coach, uh, was a quarterback then, was a quarterback's wide receivers coach at some high school, a very big high school in the Lehigh Valley, and now he's back up there. Joins his, uh, his father, Mike Terwilliger, who is ESU's offensive coordinator. And he's, this is his 38th year as his dad is with ESU. So historic program at East Stroudsburg in this historic game that's going to be this Saturday, 105 kick from Eiler Martin Stadium on the campus of East Stroudsburg University. Mike Fenner and I will have the call there for you here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio on EdinburghNow.com and on the TuneIn app on mobile devices and, of course, the Keystone Sports Network. Mr. Fenner, thanks for joining me today. I'll see you tomorrow morning so we can cuddle up next to each other on a bus for five hours. Thanks for having me. No problem. We'll talk to you guys next on Saturday from East Stroudsburg, but tomorrow the morning after rolls on with my man Tubby flying solo. Good luck with that. We'll talk to you all tomorrow.